Hi, everyone. This is Fernando, your host of the Bar Exam Game Plan Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Today, I wanted to talk to you about a specific type of issue that I've seen come up um, in, uh, in performance tests. And I wanted to just cover one uh, performance test and read it to you so that you can get a sense of how these issues are coming up. And it really deals with uh, disciplinary actions against... Uh, against attorneys. And I've seen it several times in the California bar and then also the multi-state, the MPT, the multi-state performance test has also brought it up. So I wanted to show you one example that is from the perspective of one law firm, right? You're part of a law firm and they're assigning you um, a specific um, uh, piece of a brief, right, where you have to draft arguments on behalf of your client who is being accused uh, by the state bar of engaging in some, you know, activity. So you're basically arguing on behalf of the attorney that they shouldn't be disciplined for whatever reason, right? And I've also seen it in the context of you are working with the state bar uh, disciplinary committee, right? And we'll cover that in the future. But for now, this is a pretty straightforward one where the attorney is representing another attorney, right? This particular law firm, and you are in charge of drafting the argument on behalf of the law firm's client, your client. So here we go. So this is um, uh, the memorandum, the law offices of Tia Lucci. And this is from July 2008, taken from a performance test in California. And the memo is to the applicant. This case involves a Columbia State disciplinary action against our client, Abigail Watkins. On June 8, 2018, Watkins pled guilty to a single felony count of insider trading that occurred more than two years ago. The state bar then initiated disciplinary disciplinary proceedings against Watkins seeking disbarment. Watkins hired us to prevent that. We have just completed testimony in a hearing on the threshold issue of whether the facts and circumstances surrounding the insider trading by Watkins involved moral turpitude. The judge has requested simultaneous briefs on this issue. Please draft an argument for me to use in a brief, asserting that, one, the conduct underlying the plea does not justify a finding of moral turpitude, two, Watkins' testimony at the hearing does not justify a finding of moral turpitude. At this point, we seek to avoid a finding of moral turpitude. Do not argue about appropriate discipline. Do not write a separate statement of facts. Instead, incorporate the facts into your persuasive argument, making sure to address both favorable and unfavorable facts. Okay, so that's it. And pretty much what they're asking you to do, right? They, they were very clear, don't do a statement of facts, just maybe do a brief introduction of you know, what you're going to be talking about. And then you have the two key issues outlined here. 
And so you're not going to stray away from using IRAC, right? Your first key issue is that the conduct underlying the plea does not justify justify a finding of moral turpitude, right? That's your issue statement. And then you're going to have to write the rule based on the rules that you are provided in the performance test, right? And then in the analysis, pay attention to what they tell you. They said, instead of writing a separate statement of facts, incorporate the facts into your persuasive argument. And here's the kicker making sure to address both favorable and unfavorable facts. What that means is basically make sure that you argue, you make the arguments on behalf of our client, but also address the potential arguments that they have against our client, right? And then counter those arguments that you have made on their behalf and and make sure that you address all of those, all right? So that's basically the analysis portion. And it doesn't stray away from your typical IRAC format. And then you conclude, you know, as to how each of those issues should be resolved in favor of your client, right? So you're writing a persuasive argument. You are going to be making the, the most powerful arguments on behalf of your client, even those that might not be as powerful, but, you know, are still uh, pertinent, make those arguments, make sure that you address any counter arguments to them. And then if there's any counter to those counter arguments, include them as well with the use of the facts. Okay. So I wanted to give you a a bit of access to that, a little bit of uh, uh, an example of this type of issue that I've seen come up uh, a little bit more often. All right. Well, wishing you continued great success and I look forward to catching you at the next episode. Bye.